Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the program this morning. And today we have a special guest host. We, we lost Pastor Russ today. He had some things that he had to work on, but we do have... Paul Luer in the studio today. He is, um, God willing, um, going to be uh, ordained as an elder at our church this coming Sunday. That's at the well. Paul, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I am a bit of a, I guess you could call me a Boise native. Family moved here when I was seven years old, raised Roman Catholic, went off to college really as an atheist. And it was there that the Lord really showed tremendous mercy upon me, showed me just how absolutely wicked I was. And um, it was in that that season um, that he just drew me to himself very, very powerfully and, and unmistakably. And I'm so grateful for not only him showing me my need, but also him showing himself faithful as, as the one who ultimately paid the price. So from that point, um, I have always been, I, I guess you could call me a churchman. I, I, I could not have been more excited to find a, a church home. Mm. And um, so God has, has been growing me with uh, such tender, loving care throughout those years and um, brought me to a point where I have um, about a year left in seminary and am just really excited to be ministering here at the well in Boise. Mm. Tell us where you're going to seminary, Paul. Puritan Reform Theological Seminary. It's in Grand Rapids, Michigan. The Dutch capital of the world. In the Dutch capital oh, of the world. the United States. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, cool. um, we are, um, we're attempting to beat a dead horse. Is that what we're trying to do, you think? Well, we're, we're, we're continuing to flog uh, the, di- <laughs> the dying horse of CRT, uh, critical race theory, and uh, hopefully we'll get it. Uh, across totally. the finish line here. Yes. <laughs> but can, I, I think we need to make a little bit of a, a, an apologetic for doing what we're doing. This last week, there was a um, a major evangelical conference held, SBC convention. I think it's a yearly thing that they do where all the messengers what, what, meet what together. Is, what is SBC? Uh, sorry, Southern Baptist Convention. Yes. Yeah. So it's the largest uh, non-Catholic Protestant denomination in the world. Is that right? Yeah, uh, something like 44,000 churches in the USA. Right. And it's pretty diverse in terms of its theology. I mean, they have uh, bat. Baptist beliefs in common, mm-hmm. um, and they're Protestant. Um, but you know, th- there are people that would be very, very conservative within that organization, and then people that would be more progressive in that organization. And there was, you know, a bit of a dispute over the issue of CRT. And I, you know, what what I heard was that it was, it was be- basically being couched like this: Why are we talking about you know critical race theory? Uh, the Bible doesn't talk about critical race theory. Uh, what, what the Bible does is preach the gospel. And so I think some of our listeners might 
you know, be thinking that about um, our show. Why are you guys, I mean, you guys, the show is called The Gospel for Life. Why are you guys talking about critical race theory? Can't you just preach the gospel? As we point out, it's for life. Uh, and we've, you know, there are scriptures that point out that, um, you know, in the knowledge of Christ, we have everything we need for life and godliness. And that involves our relationships. We taught, you know, there's nothing about, uh, the, you know, we're, to preach, we're preaching the gospel when we talk about marital relationships. We're preaching the gospel when we're talking about training up our children in the way they should go. We're preaching the gospel when we recognize that, uh, um, you know, we are— we're, you know, our first parent was were Adam and Eve, and uh, you know the second Adam is Jesus Christ, who's delivered us from sin. So, we're preaching the gospel in all these aspects, and when we when we're touching on uh, something, you know, we there there's a worldview about whether we we how we view politics, government, uh, marriage relationships, the state, all those things that, you know, the Bible has actually informed us. So what we're looking at for is those things which by good and necessary consequence we can derive from Scripture. Yeah, there's not a verse that says CRT, you know, just as like, you know, there's not a verse that says anything about, you know, doing cocaine. Um, But we make some deductions based on the Word of God that informs us of how we should respond to those things. Sure. The basis of this show is that the gospel touches every aspect of life, uh, and both the personal and the social. And although I, I would want to underline uh, or perhaps emphasize that the doctrine of the sufficiency of Scripture, which is kind of what we've been talking mm-hmm. around here a little bit, that Scripture is sufficient uh, to for salvation and for living the Christian life, um, and the gospel, the scriptural gospel touches on every aspect of life. But the doctrine of uh, the sufficiency of Scripture does not mean we can't learn from other sources. Of course, we do. Yeah, all the time. And then we go back to Scripture and run it through that filter. Uh, so that's what we're attempting to do uh, to the best of our ability uh, with critical race theory. All right. So, um, Paul, since you're our guest this morning, you're, you're coming from, um, you spend part of your year in a, in a different community and a different uh, set of people. I mean, have you experienced or seen critical race theory where you're at or how, what, what has been your experience? Well, frankly, it's, it's pretty hard um, being in my position to, to miss it no matter where you're at. It's, it's in the news. It's on social media. And my fellow students are are discussing it. It's um, it's being covered by um, the Gospel Coalition. It's being covered by uh, all sorts of different media outlets. And so, I was um, I guess you could say I, I was forced to to really dive deep into it this semester. Not because I had a class on it, but just because I I saw that this is a a set of ideas that is it's got some legs. Uh, not only in in wider society, but also within the church, and so I was I was blessed that I had a, a somewhat light course load because I found myself having to pour all this time into understanding these ideas, uh, and it takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that it necessarily takes a lot of time to understand the the basic strokes. But can you um, give us a couple of those basic strokes right now? From- yeah, a- absolutely. So you know, we we're just talking about. Why are we t- 
taking time doing this. And, and if I could offer my own response to that objection raised on the floor of the uh, SBC annual convention, really critical race theory and more broadly critical theory from which it comes, uh, it, it is another gospel. It is a set of ideas that radically redefines biblical terms. Mm-hmm. So terms like justice which are utterly foundational. I mean, the gospel is the good news, but it comes on on the heels of the bad news. Uh, We fundamentally are born into this world at enmity with God. Mm -hmm. We are in rebellion against him, and there is a problem. And the foundation for seeing the bad news is a biblical concept of justice. And critical theory and critical race theory along with it fundamentally redefines what justice is. And so we can't really ignore critical theory or critical race theory and just sort of get on talking about the gospel if it's redefining what justice is. Mm -hmm. And it has all sorts of implications for who God is and how he relates to us. And so, yeah, understanding that it is important to be talking about these things, if you adopt critical race theory, uh, then your gospel will be different. Mm-hmm. Those are, I, I guess, a couple of the, the things that I came to realize. Mm-hmm. I guess even if you don't adopt um, critical race theory, but you kind of refuse to touch on it, w- is there going to be a translation problem, do you think? Like the, the people that are adopting these views or at least being influenced by these views, you start using words like justice or race, is there going to be... An interpretation problem, a well, translation even words like, problem. Like equity have lost right. its, its true meaning. You know, there is a sense in which the Lord judges with equity. <laughs> yep. You know, the, yes. the outcomes, in fact, the outcome is the same apart from Christ. Yep. Uh, you know, he's, he's right. the one that, you know, you know if, we, if he judges with equity, we all stand under the judgments of, of, Christ, of God right. as sinners. You know, there's no, there's no escape from that. But they've changed, uh, you know, equity to have this equal outcome. Yeah. You know, rather than you know an equal opportunity. Right. And so there's, there's ways in which the words lose value. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like um, many people have compared critical race theory to a religion, and I think that there, there's a whole lot of truth in that. And it's a religion in the sense that it has doctrines that are simply asserted. And uh, if you challenge those doctrines in any way, your motives are going to be questioned and, and you're going you're gonna to get significant pushback. And in a way, we shouldn't be surprised that critical race theory, well, in critical theory in general, um, the, a Marxist worldview uh, is now suddenly becoming very popular as Christianity declines in this country, yeah. it's leaving a vacuum. Yeah. Something w- will come in to fill that vacuum, uh, it, whether it's critical theory, um, whether it's some kind of cultic uh, belief, whether it's uh, hedonism. You, you know, it's just human nature. Uh, you know, the, the very, very famous uh, quote from Blaise Pascal, he said, there's a God-shaped vacuum at the center of every human heart. And if God's not there, we're going to go looking around for something to fill that empty place. Mm-hmm. And, and the same is true of society. Uh, when, when Christianity is 
pushed aside, yeah. something's going to come in to fill that void. And I think that's what we're seeing right now uh, with critical race theory. And uh, it, 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 when, you, when you look at it, as you've, you've pointed out, uh, Josh, in the past, that it, it, it has a narrative that replaces all of uh, Christianity. It has a creation uh, narrative. It has a fall narrative that we've fallen into racism and systemic racism. It has a version of salvation mm-hmm. uh, that, and, and guilt uh, which is that uh, the, the white people must accept their, their racism, but not to use a cliche, but we're about to run out of time. Please tune in tomorrow. It's not the answer. It, it perhaps correctly identifies injustices in society, but it's not the answer. The gospel is the answer. Amen. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We will see you next time. 